folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch the baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider, presented by Scout Logistics and Symbol, your stock market sports. Matthew Collar here, along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. What is up, Courtney? New league years here. I, uh, I'm not feeling any refreshed or any any resolutions coming forth from me, because for me, the new, the new year started a couple months ago, but doesn't feel any different. It just feels like we have turned the calendar to 2021, and uh, yeah, we're marching along. See, this is exactly where I want to go with this episode is we should make Vikings New Year's resolutions for the new league year uh, and maybe sing the song, you know, do, 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 do. Will you get a guard or will Kirk get sacked again? Is it right? So uh, let's start real quick with some news items and then we'll do league year resolutions because I think that's fun. Um, Chad Beebe's a Viking again. How do you cool. feel about that? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, great. <laughs> I guess I just, it's a $920,000 vet minimum. There's no split in the deal. Like it's a safe move. Um, what does it mean? It means that they can't get complacent at the wide receiver position. Like, yeah, you have Adam Thielen, and what we know and from what I've talked with sources about that they're trying to convert, obviously, that base salary, that's 11.1 into a signing bonus, lower his cap hit. That should be done by them. I should hit the books by tomorrow morning, Thursday. So what do they do with that money after that? I hope it's something because the Dalvin Tomlinson signing, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But is he the right player for this scheme? I don't know. I mean, is stopping the runs more important to you than pressuring the quarterback than maybe? I mean, he's... He's an above. He's an average to an above average pass rusher. Which, I mean, is it better than Tamar Stefan? Yes, but by that much, I don't know. But like, you know, they did some things that were good. But then there's others, just like okay, you know, could you have spent that nine use that nine hundred twenty thousand dollars to go do something else? And you know, when we talk about BB in the receiver position, they still need a number three. And before we started recording, I was just racking my brain, being like, who's still out there? And there's a lot of names because I think this wide receiver market, either guys, you know, thought that they could get paid a little bit too much or they were, you know, just the market is kind of depressed right now for receivers because there are so many of them. I mean, when you think about the names that are still out there, um, 
you know, T.Y. Hilton, Larry Fitzgerald, Golden Tate's still there, Deshaun Jackson, Sammy Watkins, Adam Humphreys, um, you know, Cordero Patterson's still out there if you actually want to play him as receiver, Will Fuller, um, Kenny Stills. Like, there's a lot of guys that you could bring in here on a one- to two-year deal and shore up that position that isn't the type of receiver move that they made in the past where it's Tajay Sharp or it's Kendall Wright or it's Jordan Taylor or any of those people that just never panned out. Like, I still think that, you know, this is the only move they made on the actual day that free agency, the new league year started. Um, when all the deals came in, guys pending physicals, they will be, you know, able to get, um, you know, their contracts done and sign. We'll talk to them. Cool. But, like, they still have so much work to do, which I think is going to be interesting to see how they handle it now as we move towards the second wave of free agency and those big names are off the board. Funny, we were talking about Chad Beebe for just a second there. We didn't really have much to say about it, but uh, I looked down at my phone and our friend Manny Hill texted me and said that bringing back Chad Beebe is like when the Twins would bring back guys with 4.8 zero ERAs who threw 88 (laughs) miles an hour. It's like, that's absolutely perfect. It is extremely Minnesota to keep bringing back the same player who doesn't make a whole lot of difference over and over and over again. To your point, there are so many wide receivers that are out there that, of course, I have been obsessed with the add more weapons, and I have just brought it up so many times that I'm tired of myself saying it. And yet here we are, though, after the first wave of free agency is not quite done, but it feels like it's sort of slowing down. And there are so many talented human beings who play the wide receiver position that it would just be flat out negligence not to add one because you're going to get one for a decent price. And if you don't go above that, let's just set, call it the Kendall Wright line. If you don't clear mm-hmm. the Kendall the Kendall Wright um, bar, then you're just going to repeat history over and over again. And I think that that's, that would be where I would start with New Year's resolutions. We could talk about all their options as we sort of go forward here. But mine would just be don't repeat history. Like don't do the same stuff that you've done over and over and over again. Don't look at this and say, yeah, BC Johnson and Chad Beebe, they, they were fine against Carolina. So they'll be totally fine. Or was it? Yeah. Carolina seven catches in that game for BC Johnson and Chad. Like, yeah. Okay. For one game against one of the worst defenses in the NFL, that would be where I would start is that they have had these tendencies at times to do the same things over and over and maybe starting with Delvin Tomlinson and not rushing the passer from the interior, which I know is something that drives you crazy. (laughs) Right. Um, But that would, that'd be like a broad for me, new year's resolution for the Vikings in the new league year is just like, you might have to take a different direction on some of the things that you've had your process in the past. And I know that Mike Zimmer, when you look at the way that free agency has played out right now, it's very clear that Zimmer is driving the show, right? Like they got, they didn't cut Barr and Barr outright. They restructured his contract, uh, made him a free agent after next year, but they kept him in the fold. That's Zim's guy. That's who they want. That's a Zim move. Um, with Dalvin Tomlinson, Mike Zimmer sees his team give up 199 yards rushing, um, to I believe it was it was David Montgomery in the Chicago Bears, and then a week later on Christmas Day, they get dragged up and down the field by Alvin Kamara and the Saints. Like, 
that was the moment where you should have been able to point out, okay, we know what their free agent strategy is going to be. We know that Shamar Stephan's gone, Jaleel Johnson's gone, all of the replacement level defensive linemen that they had last year are out the door because you just it, you can't get by with it anymore. Like I know that they think that they can develop these guys and that they're in their system, they're working, you know, within this the scheme, they'll be fine. Well, you can't. You can't make somebody more talented than they are. Like you, you the scheme is the scheme. Either they get it or they don't. So that's at least at that point we kind of knew, okay, that's why it's going to be so important to get people in here to stop the run. But they didn't necessarily address the need that Mike Zimmer told us after the season, which is getting more pass rushers. They signed Stephen Weatherly. They did not tender a Fadio Denebo. So clearly I think they think higher of Weatherly and where his ceiling is potentially opposite to Neil Hunter, maybe mixing in a DJ Wan and then they do with Odenabo. Um, but then, you know, beyond that, they haven't really fixed the interior pass rushing problem. Like I was looking through the numbers and I try to like be a little bit more, I mean, honest to God, anything is better than Shamar Stefan. Like, I'm just going to be frank with you. Anything is better than Shamar Stefan. I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson had 28 pressures last season. Uh, Shamar Stefan had like nine and yeah, I mean, he's, He's much better a pass rusher, but, like, when I say much better, let's take that with a grain of salt. He's an above-average pass rusher playing from the interior position, but he's a nose tackle that they're going to try to make play three technique. So, once again, it's kind of like flipping it, you know, on the other side, like when the offensive line, when they're making Ezra Cleveland move from left tackle to play right guard. Like, will it work? I don't know. But Zimmer's priority, number one, is getting some beefy guys in there to create this pseudo-Williams wall or maybe the next version of the Williams wall by, you know, trying to say, hey, teams, you can't run on us, so you're going to have to throw the ball, and we're going to let our edge guys do the work. I just don't know how feasible that's going to be for a 17-game season when you're going to have teams that are going to be able to get the ball out quickly and do that. Maybe a 17-game season. I'm kind Maybe. of curious. It's got to be, right? Like, they want to earn their money back. So I think it will be. Especially after last year. Right, exactly. Okay, so I was thinking about trying to put a number on how much better they have to be for rushing the passer because you mentioned uh, the fact that, you know, yeah, Delvin Tomlinson is better than Shamar Stefan, and it's not really even close when it comes to rushing the passer, even if he's not above average at it, which is absolutely true. Um, and Shamar Stefan, out of all starters in the NFL last year, was second to last. And you know who was last in terms of pressures? Jaleel Johnson. So they were last and second to last. And I'm trying to pull this up, which is like how many um, sacks do they need to get to where at least they're considered a decent defense? And I'll get that in just a second. But how, about more than, how about more than 23? That was a number that they finished up with <laughs> last year. Does that work for you? Well, yeah. I mean, and right now you're only probably like, two or three better than 23 um, yeah. with Delvin Tomlinson. And I'm just fuddling around here, screwing up this search, trying to find exactly uh, – I've messed it up. Anyway, so good teams, though, usually end up with about 45 to 60 sacks, somewhere in the range. So you need to double that. Let's say that Daniil Hunter comes back, which is a let's – you know, definitely – Let's just say, you know, yeah. theoretically at the moment. Well, I think um, they're expecting him back. I'll just throw that out there. I know I saw the report from The Athletic that he's unhappy with his contract. I kind of feel like at this point, at this point, from what I've heard, the things are kind of like tough, deal with it, play well, 
we'll, re- we'll, we'll work on it next offseason. You didn't play. You want, you're expecting to become the highest paid player at your position coming off a season where you had a neck injury. You didn't even play, you know, a snap of training camp with pads on. Tough. So I don't think this is going to come to a Deshaun Watson level Texas holdout, but, you know, I do think that the Vikings have a very different view from what has been reported about Daniil Hunter and where they expect Hunter to be going into this season. Which is why I have thought that there's a real possibility this thing gets ugly, where Daniil Hunter says, I want more guarantees, I'm not playing without them, and they say, uh, you didn't even play last year, so Mm -hmm. maybe you should come back and show it, and then we just end up with an impasse for these two sides, and maybe that's when it does get to a trade territory. I think they have to resolve it quickly, but I don't think they will, right? Like, I think the smart play is to resolve it quickly, to talk to Daniil Hunter and say, look, if you're not going to play on your current contract, then we're going to trade you. And then you do that so you could get a draft pick now. Yes. If you wait, the one thing about the Khalil Mack deal, as good as it was for Vegas, is they waited until the week before the season so they couldn't use those draft picks until the next year. And then those players got to develop. And it's like a really long-term thing. You could get a quicker fix if you decide on it now. So maybe put that in your resolutions bin to try and figure that out quicker, even though I don't know that they will. But if let's just say, though, that Daniil Hunter says, Fine, all right, guys, I'll come back and I'll show you this is the best neck anyone's ever had on a bot. <laughs> um, so there's like, I'm not going to say 15 sacks. Let's say like nine and a half. Nine, yeah. Yeah, let's just be reasonable and say nine and a half. So let's see, at 23, maybe you add another four with Delvin Tomlinson, you have nine and a half. You are still only about halfway there. Um, to where you need to get to be a really good pass rush and a really effective pass rush in terms of sacks. Where's the rest coming from, Courtney? I mean, you're going to have to use 14 or somewhere in that first round to go get another edge rusher, right? Because they missed out on Trey Hendrickson. They missed out on um, Carl Lawson. You know, Bud Dupree was also out there. They've missed out on all of the high-priced defensive ends, which, you know, is good and bad. Um, I think that if they're really that convinced that they can get by by drafting one, um, then they'll be in a good spot at least, you know, for potential. But does that mean that's going? If does that mean that you're working that person in with Stephen Weatherly or where are you having Weatherly play? Because I'm thinking if the, if the line's solidified from the left side up until Michael Pierce, you're okay. But I'm worried about what's going to happen because Neil Hunter's still going to draw double teams. How are you going to combat that? Folks, March is quite the month for Minnesota sports, and SodaStick has you covered with Minnesota sports-themed gear. The hockey team is headed down the stretch, so you've got to check out the Dollar Bill Krill shirts, and baseball is ready to get started. Go to SodaStick.com, check out the Touch em All shirts, the Twinkies hats, and the Tomorrow Night hoodies. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER, you can get free shipping. So go to SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods, all of their apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. That is SodaStick, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com, original Minnesota sports inspired goods, code Purple Insider for free shipping. 
Hey, everybody, want to tell you about our friends at Symbol. Symbol is a new sports marketplace where you can trade shares of professional teams like stocks. So as we jump fully into free agency season, you're going to want to get in on teams now before your team's stock rises. Go to Symbol.app, that is S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P, Sign up using the promo code PURPLE and get a $10 deposit bonus if you're a first-time user, and then you are off and rolling. Here's how it works. You buy stocks of your teams, and when your team wins, you earn cash payouts that are instantly deposited. If you sign up for Symbol, you also get updates emailed to you directly with the trends on which teams are on the rise. So check out Symbol.app or follow them on Twitter at Symbol Exchange and check out the Marketplace for Sports today. And I don't this know. Is, well, the thing, too, about you mentioned Weatherly and Afadi Adenabo leaving is Adenabo had the most pressures on the team last year and a handful mm-hmm. of sacks. So you're actually in the negative right now. If you're adding Tomlinson and Weatherly, they uh, were not as effective in terms of pressures as Afadi Adenabo himself. And he ranked around 30 something in pass rush productivity. He was right around Yannick Ngakwe, actually, in terms of pass rush productivity, which is the pressure rate with it weighted towards sacks. And that's the guy that you had leave. So you're either the same or a little bit worse in terms of your pressure as we stand right now. And are you going to be able to solve it by drafting someone with 14? So do you think that that rockets up the board um, Still, now that like Christian Barmore probably isn't going to happen with them signing a defensive tackle, do you think it is defensive end that is number I one, do. or or offensive line though with Riley well, McBean cut? Well, like what are you? I mean, free agency isn't over, right? Like so, we said that with Adam Thielen and converting the base to a signing bonus, they're going to get some relief there soon. So, is there any guard that you want to go after now so you could potentially move Ezra Cleveland out of that spot? Is there a tackle? I mean, last I checked, Orlando Brown is still with the Baltimore Ravens. Could that potentially still be in play? You never know. But, you know, to your point with how crappy the defensive tackle class is, it was the right move. I know that some people, when I tweeted out that this was their top free agent target um, when they landed Tomlinson, it was to a degree where, yeah, if you knew you were going to strike out on the other guys, like, because you, you just couldn't pay them what they were worth. I mean, look at what Carl Lawson just made from the Jets. Like, that's a lot of money. They couldn't afford that. Like, the Bengals couldn't even afford to keep him at that price. Which is, you know, I think that, um, you know, they, they did the right thing because this is a position that they have struggled with in previous years to address. So address it now with somebody that's more of a proven commodity and take the risk there that it'll work out somehow, some way with him and Michael Pierce next to each other and that you'll get the production you need. Edge rusher to me becomes your next top priority. Now, do you answer that? I mean, are there still guys that are available out there? Probably like, I don't know, probably not anybody that much better than Steven Weatherly. Like, can you really think of it? Because I just, I just feel like there was such a drop off from the top part of that class to, you know, the, the guys that would be like that next level um, you know, of, of Ed Rusher. I'm pulling it up right now. I mean, like the first, the first couple names that, you know, come to mind for me, um, you know, 
Melvin Ingram's still out there. Can they afford him? Carlos Dunlap's out there. Jadavian Clowney's still out there. Olivier Vernon is more of an outside linebacker. He's kind of probably more that bar position anyways. But, like, what do they do there? Because there are some still, but there's always a weird reason that those guys don't get signed until later. So maybe that is what you do at 14 and that that is the, the, the focus at least. Um that you you know you place your focus there more than anywhere else, and you can still adjust Carl's, the offensive line. Sorry, I was thinking Carlos Dunlap would make a lot of sense um, as someone I, who could be a rotational guy, or do you think he's going to get too much money? I don't know because I know Seattle cut him because he's a cap casualty, right? And it's also like let's not just like guarantee that all these guys want to come back and play for Zim. I mean, I know, I know that it's easy to draw those ties. I mean, Nick Vigil, for example, played for Paul Gunther in Cincinnati from 16 to 19. Carlos Dunlap played for Mike Zimmer. Um, I don't know if he necessarily wants to come back and play with, with Zim again. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, we'll see, but at what price is what you have to ask yourself because – if you're if you're overpaying for rotational edge rusher, I mean, why did you just sign Stephen Weatherly then? There's a few guys that I like on this list that are still available. Um, I want to ask you what you think the deal is with Jadavian Clowney because I don't think Shoot. there's any. I don't know. Left, right? I don't get it. Like last year, I remember they were kicking the tires at this time, and then I got yelled at because I asked around about like, Jadavian Clowney, and I was told you know better than that. Um, like. You know, I was like, okay, well, maybe, I mean, you guys are sniffing on him. Like, I mean, clearly there's something, and I don't know if it was just that they didn't have the money to do it or or whatnot, but at this point, his value, I feel like, has dropped off so considerably the last couple years from Houston to Seattle to Titans and now to Team Mystery Team. Um, You know, that's, you know, that's, that's like, that's just kind of where things are, I think, with him. And I don't know, I mean... Where you know could he play here? Yeah, he absolutely could. He's 28 years old. Like he's still got a lot left, and the injury stuff I believe is behind him. I know that that was something he dealt with even last year. But if you could get him for cheap, a two-year deal potentially, why wouldn't you? Feels like he just never really fit for Tennessee. But I'm not sure. He didn't have a huge impact on the game against the Vikings, did he? Or did he? Usually these guys have their best game against the Vikings. So let me check. Now, I remember uh, Jeffrey Simmons sure as hell did, and yes. uh, their interior guys did. Yes. So he only played 425 snaps last year, so still dealing with the injury problems, and that was less than he played the year before for Seattle when there were injury concerns. He graded pretty well by PFF. 28 pressures in 266 pass rush snaps is good, but zero sacks, and he hasn't really – he has four sacks since 2018. I mean, that's not I'm telling you, like, and that's not just scheme. Like, I think a lot of that is a drop-off of, from him as a player. Like, something happened when he left Houston. I don't know if it was, you know, the injury stuff, the, you know, the, the holdouts, the, the, the what have you. I mean, these one-year deals haven't really helped him. Um, imagine, God, I mean, that's a, that's a fun game of hindsight. Imagine what would happen if he would have just signed a damn tag and then stayed in Houston and all of that, but... My goodness, I mean, if you could get him at this value, I mean, I'd be curious to see what they think, if they would like him at 28 where he's been at or, or a Carlos Dunlap who's 32 and, you know, kind of in the prime of his, of his career as a, um, as a pass rusher. 
And you could sort of treat it like chess pieces, move him around a little bit if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. I know Mike Zimmer is not huge on that, but he would probably really like Jadavian Clowney against the run, where historically he has been one of the elite run defenders in the NFL. The injuries certainly concern you. So if it was a one-year deal for $5 million, right? Yeah, I mean, that, Why not? I, I'm in, I'm in for that. Those are the type of moves, and, and let's be frank about this. This front office, this coaching staff has one more shot to probably get this right. They probably don't have longer than a leash, longer of a leash than they do this year. So why wouldn't you try to, to, to get those spots shored up now with proven players? I mean, I know I'm kind of going back on what I'm saying with next priority in the draft. Has, the next priority for your draft has to be getting an edge rusher, um, potentially at 14, potentially even moving back. But, you know, if that's a low risk move, let's say that they can create, let's say they have like, a, let's call it a solid 10 million in cap space that they would have to work with, right? Like after they get the Thielen thing taken care of and everything else. Um, so then what? Like how can you make that move to where you're in a position like to, to get Clowney and somebody else? It's short term deals. And guys like short term deals. I mean, Clearly, Jadavian Clowney does because he keeps hitting the market every single year. I don't think that's necessarily a great thing, but um, it's probably not the worst play. You would have to pencil him in for 500 snaps and then assume that he's not going to give you much more. And if he does, then you feel really good about it. That, oh, wow, he bounced back and got eight sacks and was really dominant like he used to be. Other than that, he's probably – it almost reminds me of, like, Sean Merriman. Remember when Sean Merriman was unbelievable and he's a big star? And then he just fell off the edge of the cliff. I don't know if Clowney is that severe, but it sort of feels like the guy went from a superstar to has disappeared – pretty quickly. Some other names that are out there, Carlos Dunlap, we mentioned Justin Houston, probably not a fit more of, you know, I mean, he's old, but it's also not a good run defender. Ryan Kerrigan is a guy that I think makes a lot of sense for them. Yeah. And they like, I remember last year, the, was it the year before that they, um, it's kind of recently his name was popping up uh, in the mix. I don't remember exactly what year that was, but that name is absolutely one that has been tied to the Vikings before. Do you like the uh, Solomon Thomas idea at all? I don't, personally. I don't. I don't think he's a good pass rusher. And, I mean, I was there when the 49ers drafted him in 2000, um, 2017. Yeah, I, I I have not liked it. I think he's undersized. I don't think he has a lot of reach. Um, I, I don't like that move. I really I don't. don't. I think yeah. I think that's a first-round bust, in my opinion. I also think that you usually, like, you see this all the time where first-rounders get that second chance with someone, and it every once in a while pays off, and then everyone goes, oh, why'd they let that guy leave? But usually it doesn't. Usually it doesn't help the next team all that much. Uh, I've got one for you. This is your sneaky, this guy will play for the Vikings. Tyrone Crawford, and I will tell you why. Because Tyrone Crawford's highest graded game of his season last year was against the Minnesota Vikings, and when that happens, they're bringing him in. You know, he, he you know, for the um, Dallas Cowboys, he's a guy who's kind of been around a while, and at one time was a very consistent and good, effective pass rusher, but has had some injuries the last couple of years. Uh, but that one seems like every time someone has a great game against the Vikings, Anthony <laughs> Zettel had a random super great game against the Vikings, and then they signed him. And he yeah, was, but hey, that name sounds very familiar. Wasn't he on this team for, like, a couple games last year? Uh, Zettel was 
training camp, I think. Yeah, signed him free agency uh, last year. Was it for, like the end of free yeah. agency yeah. last year? Yeah, it was like in April when we were all the stay-at-home order because I remember doing his conference call right after we did Tajay Sharp. <laughs> Doesn't get any more excited than that. Uh, so what? Uh, we're, we're thinking that one of these guys ends up as a Viking and then a corner and then guards. Like there's just too many things. And I know that you're saying that they're going to create more cap space here, but it still feels like if you want to get anybody significant, it's too many places to fill with free agents because you also have to convince those guys to come here. So what do we think the approach ends up being? Like if I, if I give you all the positions, tell me which one gets left out. It's, you know, you need at least one guard, maybe two, you need at least one edge rusher, maybe another defensive tackle. Who's, just a pure pass rusher. You need at least one corner, maybe two, at least one safety and at least one wide receiver. Like what's getting left out of the party here? Cornerback probably. Um, The reason I say that is it's such a deep class this year that I think you'd be okay waiting. Um, Maybe you pick somebody up for training camp. Maybe. I know that there's a bunch of guys that are still left out there, but I think the other needs like, I kind of – the underrated one that nobody's talking about right now is safety. Like, did all these guys just, like, play, uh, price themselves way too high, and that's why nobody signed safeties um, outside of the ones that were, like, franchised early on in, um, you know, in free agency? I'm, I'm pulling up the list right now. I mean, there's so many that are left out there. I mean, there's Deion Bush, Cody Davis, uh, Justin Simmons, obviously Anthony Harris. I don't know what Anthony Harris's market is. Do you? Like, that one confuses me because I'm like, the guy had a good year in 2019, sort of a down year last year, but let's also take it with a grain of salt considering the adjustments they had to make to some of their coverage schemes on the back end. Yeah, he didn't have an interception after leading the league in them the year before. Oh, well. Um, But he's, you know, what is market? I don't know. That's very confusing to me. So I, I don't know. I mean, but then again, it's like, you have a lot of guys who are, like, in their 30s and beyond that. I mean, Harris is 30. Kareem Jackson's 33. LaMarcus Joyner's 31. I mean, are you paying – how much are you going to be paying for a deep safety anyways? Like, can you really address that during the draft if you have that many other needs? Especially considering you probably should be taking a quarterback with one of those high picks and you're trying to get a second-round pick to at least take one then. I don't know. Yeah, the safety thing is odd because it's extremely have and have not. There are a handful of safeties who get paid and they get paid a ton of money and then everyone else just waits and looks around and sits on their hands and hopes that they can be in the halves, but the halves are only a few. And Mike Zimmer did say at the Combine that they didn't like paying safeties a ton of money and they did it last year and it kind of blew up in their face. So Mm -hmm. I've been thinking more along the lines of that they would offer Anthony Harris something small and tell him, look, pal, if you want to come back for a small amount of money because nobody else is offering you a ton, then, you know, you've always you've always got the guest room in the back that you can stay in. But if you want to get a huge contract, then it's not going to happen. And then there's yeah, a half dozen guys who could probably do the job alongside Harrison Smith. The corner position, though, there are so many decent corners I feel like they can't leave that one out. It would be just a a, a negligence by them if they were to leave that out and roll into 2021 with Mike Hughes and a draft pick uh, as as holding down key spots. But, like, 
if you think about all those other positions that you mentioned, if they do get a guard, if they got even two guards, or if they got a tackle, like what money are they going to have left over for uh, Desmond Trufant or Richard Sherman or anything like that? Those are the names that I think of, at least when I've you know been perusing the free agent cornerback market. Like, is it possible? Sure, but you know. I do. I think that's one thing that they messed up on last year, right? Not bringing in a veteran veteran to play in the slot, and then you had Mike Hughes, and obviously the neck injury hurt him. Um, you're relying on two rookies to play significant roles when that probably wasn't the right approach. But what's the order that things are going to happen here? If you're talking about like resolutions for this team, I agree. Don't get that one wrong because you've gotten it wrong in the past. Do better by do right by yourself this year by going after somebody in one of the earlier rounds, but or, or in still free agency. But with that said, who how are you who are you going to prioritize? What which position are you going to then like kind of flop into a little bit further down the order um, if you're not going to go after you know the guard that you need and, and certainly the defensive end. I mean, I think you could. If, I, if I'm doing this for real, like, I think that defensive end is something you address in the draft, even though we have talked about those names, because it's probably a safer bet to get a guard with experience, one that's not still, like, bargain bin level guard, um, that you could potentially plug and play right away. I mean, that's what you use free agency for, finding somebody for an immediate upgrade right now, not necessarily expecting that, like, two years ago, Garrett Bradbury – um, drafting him and playing him right away and expecting this massive upgrade on the offensive line. It just doesn't happen like that in year one. That's right. And so what comes to mind for me about the offensive line is, would it make more sense as much as Ezra Cleveland would probably be hurt inside by this, would it make more sense to sign the veteran pass rusher, edge rusher, look to the third round to take a couple of pass rushers to take swings on those guys and draft someone like Christian Derrissaw or Sean Slater, the very high-ceiling offensive lineman, in the first round and have that guy start and Ezra Cleveland start at right guard and then replace one guard position as opposed to replacing two guard positions. I just feel like replacing two guard positions is very hard on the free agent market. When I look at the free agent market as it stands right this second, I mean, woof, it's not good. I mean, Austin Blythe would be a good fit, I think. But aside from that, uh, Forrest Lamp was not a good player at all, but was somebody who had a really good combine four years ago and then mm-hmm. couldn't win a spot as a second rounder until last year and then didn't play very well. So that's not an attractive option. Um, you know, Trey Turner played really poorly last year. You've got your, you know, beat up Nick Easton is still out there. Like these are not cool. players that you really want. Well, what about Gabe Jackson? I mean, yeah, I like the idea. I like the idea. It's expensive, potentially, and I don't know what's going to happen. I know that they brought – the Raiders brought Richie Incognito back today, so he's off the market. But what are they going to do with Jackson? Are they going to make him come back and reduce deal? Like, he's a name that I think that has not been talked about yet enough in free agency so far as somebody who was a seven-year player for the Raiders um, and, you know, can play either right or left guard, wherever you want to put him. He's played, he played both out there. And he did play over 1,000 snaps the last year. Also had, you know, it looked like a little bit of a decline in his play from last year to when he was at his absolute best a couple of years ago, but still would have been better than anything the Vikings ran out there uh, on the offensive line. Uh, 
don't hate it, of course, but he also weighs 335 pounds and is not fast. Like, he is a power... He's a power... He's, yeah. He's, yeah. he's more like our friend Alex Boone than he is like Pat Elfline or something. So I wonder... And he gave up zero sacks last year. So, I mean, yeah, I'm in. Anything that helps Kirk Cousins is a good idea. And anyone who gave up zero sacks you want to look at, I just wonder, they seem to be very committed to the bit when it comes to the, he's got to fit our scheme type of thing. But they, and I think you can abandon that. I honestly think that, yeah, it's you can keep parts of that, but... Most offensive lines are running some sort of hybrid mix between zone and power. Like, you're not always running an outside zone. You don't have to have pulling guards all the time. But I think that, you know, Gabe is athletic. Like, I covered him at Mississippi State. I covered him with the Raiders. I mean, he's one of the more athletic guards. He's a big dude, don't get me wrong. But he's very, very athletic, and he's quick when he pulls. So I would not rule it out as a possibility of something that would actually be a scheme fit. Because you know that term's going to get thrown around by people thinking, like, oh, it's not a scheme fit. Like, you can make it work if the player's good enough. I totally agree. And if it's pass protection, he's greatly improving. That's the thing you need to greatly improve. And it would be A-plus if they were able to bring in someone who could all of a sudden cut the amount of pressure from the guard position in half. So let me ask you this, then. If, let's say, the offensive line next year is Brian O'Neill, right tackle, right guard Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury center, Gabe Jackson at left guard, and left tackle is Christian Derisaw. How are we feeling about that offensive line? Pretty good. Um, I still don't know what to think about that Ezra Cleveland thing. I mean, that's still kind of frustrating when you look at it being like, we're not even going to try to see what this guy's potential is at left tackle just because it's easier to get somebody else instead of reaching for a guard in the draft. Okay. Um if I'm him, I'm not necessarily thrilled about it. They took me out of position where I could be making a ton of money as a franchise left tackle, but I think that that would be good enough because you know you're, you know the necessary thing for them more than anything else is the interior pass protection. And if you shore that up with somebody who has been doing this, who going into his eighth season now, Gabe Jackson, I think he'd be in a good spot. But then again, like it's kind of funny. Um, Riley Reef still hasn't signed with anybody, you know. What if they, I mean, not say, never say never, but like it is kind of wild that there's all these, uh, you know, offensive linemen out there who got released because they were cap casualties who still don't have a home, and he is one of them. I'm not trying to put that out into the ether. I don't think he'd come back here, but, you know, there's Eric Fisher who also got cut because he was a cap casualty, Russell Okun. Um, I don't know if any of Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline guys would come back here but we shall see hey everyone i want to tell you about our friends at scout logistics and i really do mean it when i say friends they are fans of purple insider over at scout logistics and since they reached out wanting to support this show i want to tell you about what they do scout logistics is just in time transportation for full tractor trailer loads and if you're wondering what that means exactly well, if you own or work for a company that needs shipping solutions, they are the preferred carrier of Fortune 500 companies across North America, and we have quite a few of those in Minnesota, right? 
They can ship perishable, non-perishable, FTL or LTL, and they have on-time delivery rate of over 99%. So if you're like them and you enjoy the show and you have shipping needs, check out scoutlogistics.com or call 855-217-2688, extension 232, to connect with them directly to find out how Scout Logistics can minimize risk and overperform and go the extra mile for your company. They're, yeah, Okung they chased before, and yes. I'm not sure that he wanted to sign here then. And with Riley Reef, it feels like there's um, at least a brush fire on that bridge if it's not already burning <laughs> with, <laughs> Riley, with yes. Riley Reef, right? So I don't uh, think Riley Reef wants to come back here. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think he wants him to mess with his contract or ask him to take less money again. Do you like the Orlando Brown idea? I do. Um I do. I just don't know, like, you know, with all that draft capital you'd be giving up. Like, I've seen some scenarios where it's like, all right, you get Orlando Brown and the 27th pick for Adam Thielen, let's say, and, like, the 14th pick. Do you like that? Well, what does that do to your receiver then? That kind of decimates it. I don't know. If it was if it was Anthony Barr and number 14 for 27 and Orlando Brown, sign me up tomorrow, and you could have signed Eric Wilson. But I, I just – I wonder what all they'd have to give up more than what, you know, the two scenarios that I just threw out. I don't know if it would be enough to land in, but I do like the idea. Same draft class as Brian O'Neill. You could probably do both their deals at the same time. It would work. I say stop trading with the Ravens. I mean, yeah, they'll probably find a way to fleece you on this one, too. Third time's a charm. Maybe not. What you brought up with the Brian O'Neill thing is my biggest hesitation. Do you want two highly paid, high-priced tackles? I mean, most people would say, well, yes, if they're good. They're good and, yeah. that's, and that's true, but those are big money positions. So you're having to not only give up assets, but also then pay the guy and then pay your other guy. And you're sort of setting yourself up for one of those, uh-oh, we paid these guys a bunch of money and have to try to work around them again in the future, even if they are good. And I'm... I think Orlando Brown's good, but I don't think he's great. And I would rather draft someone that was cost-controlled who has the same or even maybe more upside than Orlando Brown, who played only 10 games at left tackle. That's my other thing, too, is he's out there demanding he's played a, yeah. left tackle. But he only played, played a handful a lot of games there. And he's played a lot of right tackle, too. So I don't know what that, that means. It's potentially, you know, you could move Brian O'Neill. I don't know if he'd want to play right tackle. I don't know. I mean, he's still under contract. That's the crazy part about the whole thing. Right. It's a kind of an odd situation. Um, so give me some New Year's resolutions, you think, for the league, new league year, which someone actually did today, a, just a fellow reporter, um, non-jokingly wished me, like, Happy New Year for football. And I was like, oh, was Happy like, New oh, Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to got, you, too. Got a, got a football New Year. I like that. Exactly. I love it. So uh, do that with friends and family. Wish them Happy Football New Year. So what's your resolution? I'm going to go back to wide receiver three. I'm going to say get it right this year. Address it before it becomes a serious issue. Because right now it's Justin Jefferson, it's Adam Thielen, and then you have a group kind of like the misfit toys. Like everybody will play a role, and a lot of that will end up coming on special teams, which is fine. But you also need to to not keep neglecting that, thinking, okay, we'll just solve it. We'll get a, you know, somebody else come in, sign the vet minimum. No, you have a, a host. This is a good wide receiver free agent class with a lot of names that are out there that can solve a pretty considerable problem that you haven't been able to solve for years. 
like years and years and years. Like, I mean, if you even want to say that you solved it when they had Jarius right here in 2017 and before that, I don't even know if you call that solving it, but um, they've got to do something to fix it. So I say that's the number one, like, you know, fix that. Cause like offensive line, defensive line, cornerback, those are always going to be what the Vikings strive for and what they're going after. Our, our group at stats and information did a survey of everything over the last seven years. Um, you know, what, uh, you know, which teams have gone after, uh, certain positions more often than others. And the Vikings are like one of six teams that have addressed that in every single draft class since we started tracking this seven years ago. All three of those positions that I, that I addressed. So it's kind of crazy. Before, before we wrap up, um, what is your favorite move that anyone has made so far in free agency? And let me say, while I give you a second to think, that I think that um, the teams that kept the right players were, so far, the winners. Uh, Dallas keeping Dak Prescott. I don't think you wanted to leave yourself with no quarterback. Shaq Barrett and Chris Godwin staying with Tampa Bay in that division with the Saints now having a quarterback competition between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. You feel pretty good about beating them. And, you know, Trent Williams staying with San Francisco. Like these, these moves, I think, were really big wins for their teams. And otherwise, we've seen a lot of overpays or reaches, things yeah. like that, that I every year you question, and a lot of times it turns out to blow up a team's faces. Like the Trent Williams one kind of got me this morning. Like, did he real? Did they really need to do that? Like, and I know people are going to say, oh, well, you know, use the running back argument. He doesn't have the touches on body. He's that old. Like, you're going to get so much more wear out of him. Like, last I checked, age still affects a 33-year-old, whether you've been playing football or not. And, and yes, you pay millions of dollars to keep your body in shape, whatever. I think they overpaid for that. I really do. I think the Patriots are paying A-level money for B to B-plus level players. Nelson Aguilar, excuse me? Like, what are you doing? Um, they went on a spending spree like it was going out of style. And, yeah, I know because of the cap this year and all the voidable years that people are adding the contracts, like what are the co- what are the contracts, how the hell the Saints got underneath the cap will remain a mystery. Um, it's – I don't think free agent this – I think we kind of built this free agency up a little bit more, especially with the quarterbacks – um, than we expected, like than it actually turned out to be, which is kind of disappointing. But you know that's that's what happens when you have two months of speculation season going into March. That that stuff is going to be what it is. I'd like to welcome the Saints to seven and nine land. Come oh, on by, you know it's come coming. on in. The water's fine. Like just like, yeah. I mean, Nick Underhill, who covers them, was on the show, you know, a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about how he still thinks they'll be good, and that the fans are still going to hold them to a high standard for this next year. But they are running into the exact same wall the Vikings did last year, and every you know, oh, the cap doesn't exist. Well. But you've had to get rid of a lot of talent to make yourself under the cap. So I think it does. I'll give you the low-key team that I think is doing great in free agency, which is football team. I think Washington Mm -hmm. signing William Jackson is an A-plus signing. And Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, it makes so much sense for them, for him to step into a good team, which is rare for Ryan Fitzpatrick to get that opportunity. After he's played some of the best football of his career, and he's a guy that you don't have to lock into so they can draft a quarterback as well. I think they have a good football team for somebody to step into. So if they traded up and they drafted Justin Fields or if they mm-hmm. took Mac Jones at that point, 
I think they'd be getting good value for that, and they would be able to put that player into a good situation. And they brought back uh, Brandon Sheriff, too. So I think they're having a, a low-key, like, really good offseason. No, I think Washington is. I, I like the moves yesterday, and I think that it's good to see someone like uh, some like uh, one like Ryan Fitzpatrick find a new home and all of that. I'm curious, though. Like, they need a safety. Um, is Anthony Harris potentially that guy for Washington? They've got some money. I don't know if Rivera's willing to spend on that, but that's a name that I've, like, heard, like, just brought up just, like, in some casual fodder. Hmm. Would he be somebody that Washington would sign? I don't know. I don't really have any idea what the league thinks of Anthony Harris. We just don't. don't It's hard to get a read on it. If Harrison Smith was a free agent, we would know immediately that the NFL would want Harrison Smith. But Anthony Harris is not a guy when we do conference calls with the opposing team where they're like, yeah, that's the guy. He just is sort of an under-the-radar guy, and I wonder if that's one of the reasons that they couldn't trade him last year for what they wanted. And the fact that they couldn't trade him last year also it leaves you to question whether they would be able to, or whether he would be able to get top dollar. And if you can't, then you might as well come back where you know the defense. But who knows if there's you know, some bitterness there from Anthony Harris for the franchise tag and, and all that sorts of thing instead of a long-term contract. So... All right. What do you think? Uh, what do you think's next? What do you think the next domino is? Because it has been a trend that as soon as I publish the podcast, something happens. Yeah, so something's going to happen. What will um, have happened by the time everyone listens to this? Will they end up signing a defensive end? You think? Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Mm. I'm going to say corner. I'm going to say that they try to get someone like uh, a Dory Jackson. Like that. They, they, they they get that feeling thing done, and then they spend a good amount of cash on a corner. That's my guess. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's not a terrible idea. Oh, definitely not. I mean, who can trust the corners that they have right now? Not not many, tell you that. Um, my new football year's resolution is more neck rolls. We've already got enough. I'd say that your New Year's resolution, I mean, maybe both of our resolution can just be, we'll, we'll just stop worrying about the three technique position. That should stop, be, yeah, that's you. Stop letting, that is you. Stop letting it consume my life. <laughs> yeah, and if wide receiver three doesn't come to fruition, that I won't lose my mind and tear out all of my hair. How about that? That would be I like that. I mean, it really is funny how the wide receiver three has become my thing and pass rushing defensive tackle has become your thing, and they both look at our positions that we think they could really use and go, nah, nah I don't think so. Sorry, guys. So we'll never get our receiver or pass rush. Sheldon is never walking through that door, and neither is Jerry's. R. Sad R. time. Can you sign yeah. somewhere? Who's that? Sheldon Richardson? He's still in Cleveland, right? It's not, I thought he was there only on a one-year deal. Maybe no. he's not. I, no, I, think, yeah, I think it's a multi-year deal. Yeah, I think he's on there. I mean, he's he's our guy, so you should he's know. our guy. I mean, I should know. We we need to practice our long snapping and holding because the Vikings couldn't get that right last year, so that should be under their resolutions. Sheldon yeah. Rankins is on the Martin on the market, but it's no Sheldon Richardson. Very sad. It's like a Dumb and Dumber reference there, like ah, Samsonite. I knew it. Um, all right, let's end there because it will just get more ridiculous. Courtney, thank you as always for your time. This was super fun, and I look forward to more signings, conference calls, and then it's draft season. So much to come.